Happy Friday, Archery Unfiltered listeners. How's everyone doing? Uh, let's see, it is, what day is it today? It's Friday. I can't remember exactly what the number is, but man, it feels good. It's been a long, it's been a long week and a half. Oh yeah, I wanted to thank everybody. Thank, I wanted to thank all the Archery Unfiltered listeners out there. We finally hit, what did we hit? We hit like one and a half K listens. It's not listeners, it's just how many people have listened, or how many plays I've gotten. Pretty cool, pretty cool. I'm feeling uh, feeling like you guys either are like, like my voice, or you are so starved for archery, <laughs> an archery podcast, you'll listen to just about anything. Well, let's see, let's, get, let's jump right into it. So uh, if anyone, oh, well, anyway, most of you probably know, NFAA right now. Is holding their, they they're having this event called uh, I don't remember what, but basically all week there's like national tournaments going on in Yankton, and uh, I think it kicks off with field archery. Um, so originally, well not originally, but the the highest score shot in in. Uh, an NFA field round on the field target. That record's held by Mark Rubio with 558. This is out of 560, mind you. Uh, the other record was 559, held by yours truly, Wendell. Uh, and, you know, that's so it's dropping one, but that's on a hunter face. Mark's record still stands as of right now. Uh, my record. Does not. <laughs> Blake Jerome went to field nationals, or he went to this thing, shot shot field archery in the first section, crushed my record. He shot a clean 560. Uh, I gotta say, congratulations, Blake. That's amazing. That's amazing. I've held that record for three years now, I think. And I, only a handful of people hold it with me. I think it's Tim Hanley, which is the you guys might know him. He's the what the accountant or the the engineer or they should have just called him the white guy in a business shirt in a formal shirt because that then everyone would be like oh yeah I know that guy I know who you're talking about. I'm drinking a little bit of coffee, coffee in the morning. Anyway, so yeah, Hanley held hold, uh, held that record. I held it. Now none of us hold it. Just Blake, and Blake's actually elevated that record to a five sixty. So. It's kind of like, I keep saying it's raising the bar. And it's like, people think, oh man, I never thought anyone could shoot, you know, one down or two down on a field course. It's like, no, people can. People can actually shoot better than that. And I have a bunch of friends asking me, like, are you bummed out? Are you sad that you don't hold the record? Well, a little bit. A little bummed out because uh, I just remember putting in a lot of work and then being jazzed my name was in the record books but part of me is not sad because this is the evolution of our sport this is or it's kind of like as we continue to keep this sport alive the scores are going to get better we are all going to get people are just going to get better kids are going to get better than hopefully if we're not a bunch of dumbasses the kids that we're teaching to shoot archery will shoot it better then we shot it, and maybe some of us will figure out how to shoot it better. You know what I mean? It's uh, I don't know. It's just kind of like 
the progression of the sport. It's something I want to see happen. So I'm also kind of stoked that Blake shot this score. It's pretty neat. You know, we, we are living in a day in this game where a cleanable field round is not only doable as a theory, but it physically just happened. Like the guys on Blake's bail, I know one of them's name was Evan Baker. I shot field nationals with him. And uh, I think he placed like third, second or third, or maybe fourth when I shot with him. Uh, and he placed third this time around. That guy just witnessed, he's a killer shooter. And he just witnessed this 560 get shot. So, I don't know, it's it's kind of a cool trip, you know? Uh, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, as my record is being lowered into the dirt, someone should be like, dur, dur, dur. but you know what? I, I'm not going to harp on it too long, you know? Uh, I was thinking about it this morning. It's like, why do we all shoot? Why, why do you go to these events? Do you shoot these events so you can just shoot them one time and then never shoot them again and be like, oh, yeah, I'm the shit? I mean, that's not why, that's not why I ever shot archery. When I did shoot field nationals, in uh, Mechanicsburg, I remember on the flight home, I was looking up what the next event was going to be and how I was going to practice for it. So if that tells you, like, I mean, I, I've, I've preached all this shit before where it's like basically, you know, the magic of, uh, you know, your accomplishments is, is with you as long as you let it be with you. You know what I mean? And so I've... Uh, I haven't been competing much or haven't been practicing. I haven't been putting the work in. So to see my record get broken, it's kind of like, meh. It's like, that's how it's supposed to happen. You know, that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, the per the people that are hungry, that want it, they deserve it. They need to go out there and get it. And so I hope, you know, all my friends that, that listen kind of get like the the message I'm putting across or kind of get where my brain is at as far as this goes, you know, it was funny cause you know, uh, me and Rubio were both watching Blake shoot these scores on, I think it's called I N C O I I A N S E O or I can't remember. It's such a weird, weird name for, uh, for a webpage, but it's the live scoring webpage where you can, you can go and see these scores going live. And uh, day one, day one on the field round, Blake dropped five. And Mark messaged me, he goes, oh, my record's safe. My record's safe. My legacy in the books is good. And uh, day two, he said, he, he, he messaged me, oh, Blake dropped two. And I was like, oh, whoa. Looks like my record's safe. And then Mark said, oh, no, there is a glitch on the scoring app. He cleaned it. <laughs> but at least my record's still good. <laughs> So at least, at least one of us California guys still has a national record. That's good. But uh, I don't know, not to wax about it for too long, but I mean, that's what records are, they're meant to be broken, you know? And uh, I hope to see more records get broken. I don't know how anyone's going to break a 560. I mean, that's a, it's perfect unless they go by X count, but I'm pretty sure Blake just earned his name in the record books forever. Pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, pretty much. I, I, you know, without blowing this guy up too much, he's 
tapped into like that Chris Perkins level of shooting, you know, which is where his plus or minus count is going to be like maybe one, maybe two, you know, on a good day, it'll be zero. On his field day where he dropped five, I would imagine it had something to do with weather because I'm pretty sure the weather up there was dog shit. I think I shot in the rain. Uh, I shot the animal round in the rain, and then I shot the field round in the rain. And that was miserable. But, uh, eh, you know, everyone's shooting in it. It's going to suck for everyone. So, it's to me, it's a fair playing field. And, uh, and it's just cool to see. So uh, I hope everyone else has been practicing, you know, in other other news. I've been getting some practice in. I haven't been blank bailing. If you guys listen to this podcast at all, there's one thing that you should be taking away from it. Both Austin Watts and Blake Jerome have both said blank bailing is crucial. Those are two phenomenal shooters that say blank bailing is crucial. So, you know... I don't know what episode this is. I want to say 16 or 17. If you've listened to my other ramblings, blank bail. I mean, there it is. You want to add points to your score? Blank bail. Uh, Me personally, I've just been getting arrows in. Uh, I wake up every morning, and then when, you know, just as the sun peaks up over this mountain next to where I live, uh, I start letting arrows fly. Even before the sun peaks up. If there's enough light where I can see a target, I'll start getting arrows in. And... I'm a surprisingly like slow shooter. I thought I was a fast shooter, but in the course of an an hour, I can only get eighty arrows in. Is that does that sound normal to you guys? That seems awfully slow. But maybe it's the time walking back and forth to the target, or who knows, who knows. But anyway, it feels good getting eighty arrows in a day. You know, it's not a hundred a day, but it's pretty consistent. It's almost every day. So I'm starting to feel my shots coming back. Starting to be able to hold the bow a little bit better. And, you know, my plan is to start shooting some scores and documenting these scores on a calendar. And then I can show you guys what I think the roots of, you know, what they call periodization. Like how it looks on a on a calendar. Uh, Brayden Galantine just released his training like routine and his periodization. Ah, such a weird word. His training plan, basically. And it's it's weird. It's like a staggered like 120 arrows one day, 170 arrows one day, 80 arrows the next day, 60 arrows the day after that. And then a day off to go like, you know, roll around in my medals and my money from the last 3D event. And then 200 arrows. You know, it's weird. It, his his training schedule, he posted it online. It's, it's pretty interesting. I wrote it all down, but if you guys saw my my uh, my man cave, like where I work on bows and stuff, <clears throat> you could you could write some stuff down and never see it again. <laughs> it's kind of a mess down here. So you're, you guys are probably like, all right, give us some give us some good stuff. All right, uh, upcoming events. People have asked me forever now, oh, at least for three years, uh, what the next event's going to be. I don't know. Like, really, you got to look, look at Facebook. Uh, it used to be everything was posted on the CBHSAA events page. 
And I think for the most part, it is. But uh, otherwise, events will pop up on Facebook. And hopefully, if you have enough, you know, forewarning of that, you know, if it's not like the week before that they post it, hopefully you'll be able to prepare for it. Uh, the next event is going to be July 31st, and it's going to go to August 1st. It's the 1 million BC shoot. It is one of my favorite shoots ever, mainly because it's close to my house, but also because it's a, it's a 63 target, two arrow per target shoot. So it's 11, 10, 8 scoring, right? Basically, it's a safari, a safari shoot, but it's 63 targets. It's... It's not your run-of-the-mill, what is it, 40, 48 or 42, 42 target thing. It's uh, 63. So 21 extra targets. I mean, that's a lot of shooting. I'm pretty sure they're going to break it up into two days because that's how they do it. Uh, it used to be that you could camp there and, like, they would direct you to this, like, upper level where, you know, a bunch of SFA archery guys would have, like, a, a crazy redneck orgy up on this upper, like, flat level. Uh, I don't think they're doing that now because of COVID. But it was always, it was always a good time. A lot of good food up there. Um, you know, at the time I was pretty overweight, so that tells you what I go to orgies for the food. But uh, I, I remember a couple times driving home, really like I don't advocate this, and any cops are listening. I was sober, but I remember driving home a couple times from that, thinking like there's way too much booze up there. I shouldn't be driving. <laughs> but anyway. Things to prepare for. It will be cold. And every year, I hope that it isn't cold and I shoot this event and I freeze my fingertips and my body to the bone. So, layer up. Don't wear a big puffy coat because you have to shoot in it. Uh, I've always thought like the best things are like a slim sweater or what do they call it? You know, you know, you guys know like Kuyu makes like those wool. They're kind of like thin but warm long sleeve shirts. If you could wear like two of those, that ought to do it for you. Or three of them. And just have like a little pouch on the back of your quiver that you can tuck your, your clothes into. Don't make someone carry your jacket around. I've seen it happen. Um, there will be a team money event at this 1 million BC shoot. So I urge you all to come out and shoot it. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be an individual money. I think you have to contact Randall... Um, Killpack, he's the, I think he's the guy that's organizing it, but guys, there's going to be money floating around for this event. Uh, it'll be another safari, it'll be the last big, big safari event. I mean, by big, I mean more than 42 targets. It's going to be like, like Oregon again. The only downside is the date, July 31st to August 1st. Uh, I think, I'm not sure if, I know deer season's kicked off already for some of us. That are like trying to actively hunt. Uh, I know there's gonna be like a two two week lull where deer season is like closed down. Not that I know you came here for target archery. You don't give a fuck about hunting. I'm just telling you whether or not I'll be there. Not that you care, but uh, yeah, July 31st, August 1st, uh, SFA archers. That's in Pacifica. All right, one million BC shoot. You guys go shoot it. Uh, targets to prepare for. Just off the top of my head. They have a short three-yard three yard or four-yard shot, all right? So get your shorties in. Whenever there's a short, I just shoot them in, all right? Because at that distance, it's so goddamn short that who knows 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Who knows if it's going to line up on your sight tape or your archer's mark or whatever you're using. Don't be lazy. Just shoot them in. Shoot two, three, four, and five just to be safe. You know? Shit, maybe shoot six because you feel like, you know, you feel thorough enough. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be shorty there. There's going to be 101. It's going to be that big mammoth. And, uh, oh man, that's a fun one. I don't think the wind comes into play too much on that 100 yard shot. Cause it's kind of like a corridor of like bushes and trees. Um, there might be mosquitoes there. Last time I shot there, I got tagged up pretty good. And, uh, man, there, I wonder if that mountain lion's still out there. I think there's a mountain lion roaming around. So if you see one, if you see a mountain lion, whatever, you know, whatever you do, don't shoot it, all right? And don't don't shoot it and then drag it 10 feet off the path into some bushes where it will never be found again. It's only the perfect solution to a problem. <clears throat> but absolutely don't do that. That's illegal. We love mountain lions. They're a part of our ecosystem. It's not like they're overpopulated and they're not killing all the deer. So, <clears throat> good targets. At the 1 million BC shoot, there's an 80-yard downhill shot that's bordering this pond. It's so cool. It's kind of like a golf course. It, it kind of reminds me of Mechanicsburg in that respect. Or, um, what is it? The Break the Barrier shoot. They kind of got a shot oh, like bordering a pond, you know? The, the pond is cool because you can look at it and see exactly where the wind is blowing, the direction the wind is blowing, and how hard it's blowing. I promise you that 80 yard downhill shot you're going to hit high and like a foot to the right all right the wind always blows left to right there and if you get a tiny draw length like me it means your arrow's moving slow it's going to get blown all over the place so figure it out all right it's not impossible to 22 this target i've done it aim with either the left side of the dot and fucking rip it strong or i don't know Add some clicks. Do whatever you got to do. If you can, get your lazy asses out there and shoot it. All right? Like, the course is open. I don't know what their rules are if you got to have, like, a chaperone or whatever. I don't know. I don't I don't think so. But you guys can go out there and scout and recruit. Or, not recruit. But you can go scout this course and see what you're in for. Uh, I think, like, target three or target four is going to be a pretty steep, I want to say, 40-yard uphill shot. I mean, it is steep uphill. It's going to be one of those shots where you feel the load on your bow, your, your bow shoulder. Um, there's that one. A couple targets later. Um, maybe that would be a different one. I can't remember. But then there's the 80-yard downhill is one that is in my mind. There's another really steep uphill deeper into the course. I want to say it's like 30-plus yards. Um, but those are only the real... I mean, that's... A, the only real difficult ones. Everything else, you shouldn't have any trouble with. I mean, you guys shoot the sport all the time, you know? It'll be 60 yards or under. You might have a couple long ones. There's this pterodactyl on the down, you know, as you're coming off the mountain, or I think they call it the red range. There's a pterodactyl that I think you got to shoot for 80 yards. That's a toughie. But I don't think there's any wind. There's just a side hill. So, break it strong, all right? You can do it. Um... But with the exception of like those six targets, it's all stuff that you guys have shot before, you know. It's orange spots. They're really cool targets. I think they got a T-Rex there now. 
And they had a T-Rex back when I was there. It's just good stuff. I mean, it's it's a fun event. If you guys aren't going to, you know, go out there and try to hammer it clean and, and win it, go for fun. Take your kids. Take your wife. I don't know if your wife will enjoy it, but, you know, if you want to have fun, maybe you just take your kids. Um, but, yeah, it's a great event. It's one of my faves. Uh, it's, it's put on by some good people, and uh, I think you guys will like it. Uh, next event. So, I'm just going to help you guys out. All my Bay Area archers, you're going to start practicing for this 1 million BC shoot yesterday, okay? Because I think it's coming up in like one or two weeks, three weeks. So, get out there. Oh, another thing. Get your sight marks in, all right? I know I just said shoot the shorties. Get your sight marks dialed in, okay? It's going to be the most helpful thing for this event is having your sight marks dialed in. If something calls for 30, make sure you hit middle of 30, okay? And if something calls for 60, you're, you can middle 60, not high or low. Oh, I caught the spot. It's good. No, no, no. Get that sight mark set in the middle, all right? Because uh, it's going to help you. It's going to help you. These, this course has, like, it's relatively low lighting. Uh, there's a couple bright spots. But, and, you know, there's going to be slight uphills and downhills. Sight your bone for your rangefinder and use that rangefinder. Lean on it, all right? Because if you're dialed in perfectly on your sight marks, you're, the little mistakes you make where you might break a shot accidentally a little tall or you might break it a little low, but, you know, on the edge, you'll catch the line or you'll be in. Or you just have a higher chance of that happening. I'm not telling you it's like a guaranteed... You're not going to go out there and Blake Jerome the thing, you know. Maybe you will. You know, we're living in that age now. Hopefully someone goes out there and cleans it. If not, you know, I'll try for it. Don't worry. But maybe uh, the illustrious Rubio or Doug Rosen or someone out there will go do it. All right. So, on your homework list, get your sight marks, get your short marks. Get your third axis dialed in. <laughs> I've stressed this before, right? So, do you guys want to know what your third axis is? It's your, it's your bow hand torque, all right? Your, your bow hand is going to torque the bow one direction. When you go uphill, downhill, it's going to change that torque. It's either going to increase it or decrease it. You kick those arrows off all wacky. It's actually... You know, the front of your scope being all off cattywampus, blah, blah, blah. It's not your bow hand torque. But what I found is your bow hand torque definitely influences your third axis. All right? Fair enough. Can we agree on that? There will be uphills and downhills at this shoot. Get it dialed in. Also, do that shit before you get your sight marks. Get your bow dialed in first. Get your sight marks. And then spend the rest of your practice breaking good shots. And then making sure those marks are firmed up. All right, that's your homework for the BC shoot. Immediately after that, in the middle of September, oh, I say immediately after, it's going to be like a month after, sometime in September, depending on where you live, the State 900 rolls around. And now, State 900 is a lot of fun. It is uh, basically you just get to go pal around with your friends for a day on a field, big flat open field. And it's uh, 60, 50, and 40 yards 
those are the three distances you're going to shoot. It's 90 arrows total. It's five ends at each distance, six arrows each end. On a huge 122 centimeter face, all right? It's like what they shoot. It's what recurve shooters shoot in the Olympics. It's massive. If you're a compound shooter, this should just be fun for you. Uh, I won it, I think I won it 2018, 2019 with like eight down in the pro class. It was bad. It was bad. Basically, if you shoot, uh, the fact that I won it, it just meant that no one else was shooting it in that class. All right. Uh, the record for this is held by a guy named Caleb. I'm sorry, Caleb. I'm going to butcher your last name. I'm just going to call you Keisho. Quicho. Looks like Quiche, but with an O at the end. Caleb shot 899. Caleb, I'm sorry I butchered your name. And for that, you know, I deserve a whooping. And that 899 definitely looks like you can put a whooping on someone. But uh, that was in 2019, two years ago. Men's freestyle. He dropped one point. You know, that means that dude was dialed in. Had a 60 dialed in. 50 dialed in. 40. I don't know, maybe he sneezed on the line. I don't know where he missed, all right? But he only missed one, and he only dropped one point, so it's not like he shot a zero on it either. I know a guy. His name is James Becker, who was shooting stellar. I want to say he was like one or two down, and then one end he just forgot to shoot an arrow. And it was like, dude. And then that was the last event I saw him shoot. I was like, dude, you are just now peaking. He's still peaking. He shot, he shot the broadhead shoot, and he shot really good. But anyway. Eight ninety nine uh, is what it will take. So basically, by looking at the records, I can tell you what you should be striving for. All right, I'm not saying you need to hit an eight ninety nine to win this event. All right, we'll say plus or minus three. So if you either shoot, uh, I bet you for men's freestyle, either an eight ninety six or a nine hundred and two will win it. Scores max out at nine hundred. So you do the math uh, for the women's class. Women's Freestyle, a Bev Coons. God, I suck at these names. Hey, when you guys listen to this, just expect me to butcher your names, all right? Bev Coons got it with an 887 for the women's class. So, if you're a woman shooting freestyle, you should be aiming, you should be striving for 884 to an 890, all right? I mean, and if you believe in all this, like, oh, women and men are exactly the same, all right, women, then shoot it for an 899 or an 896, Okay. But, you know, it's, the numbers are here. If, you, if you're in the women's freestyle class, if you can shoot it, you know, 899, go for it. Do it. But what you're going to need to win it, my prediction this year, is going to be an 883 to an 890. All right? So there it is, guys. I've laid out the 900 for you. Um, that's what you're going to need to be close to win this year's state 900. Uh you know, it might be windy. You guys might have to contend with that depending on where you shoot it. Things to try. All right, so I've done a couple of these state 900s. And um, I've built arrows specifically for this event. I built extremely heavy. I don't know if you guys remember those Easton FMJ 4 mil. They were like the inside-out X10, right? It was a carbon core with an aluminum outside I might still have one laying around. But I built some of those with 140 grain points. I built the heaviest arrow I could, expecting it to be windy. 
That arrow sucked. And I don't know why. Either my drawing length is too short, I'm too tiny of a person to shoot a heavy arrow. I don't know. And I really practiced for that event. I think I think I did practice like every day. So it took me like one week to figure out those arrows were Bobo. And then I shot it with a uh, Easton light speed with, I think, 130 green points. Those shot phenomenally. Phenomenally. Um, so figure out, you know, you might not need a special arrow. Whatever arrow you take to the 1 million BC shoot will do it for you. Um, and, and pound 60 meters or 60 yards. Pound 60 yards into the dirt. All right. That's going to be where you drop the most points. But don't overlook 50 and 40 because there were years where I only did 60 and then dropped points at 50 and 40. And it was like, wh why? Um, maybe it's just mental. You know, you know, you're going to want your sight marks dialed in for these. And it, there's only three distances, so you should be able to dial in to the middle of 60, 50, and 40. I have faith in you. But spend a lot of your time hammering away at 60. Uh, the furthest distance is what's going to really make you. And if you go to any of these big shoots, right? I remember Dave Cousins used to come around and shoot the outlaws once in a while, right? And if you watch Dave Cousins, he'd show up at the practice range and he would go right to the furthest target. I think in Lodi it was like 80 yards or 90 yards. He would spend his entire time there shooting the furthest distance. All right? <clears throat> I know some of you are like, who's Dave Cousins? Well, he's just a guy. But I remember he shot Lodi, I think one or two down. I think one down. That's quite the accomplishment. But I've also seen other good shooters do this thing, too, where they will show up longest distance. Or if it's like a FIDA event, like a, like a U-set, they'll show up and they'll hammer as many arrows as they can into that target. So there you have it. There's your State 900. It's going to be different. It's going to be in the middle of September, all right? So after the BC shoot, start pounding out 60 yards. And then uh, tell me how it goes. Let me know how you guys do on that one. Like, uh, it's not one of my favorite events, but I did enjoy hanging out with friends, taking pictures, eating a cheeseburger afterwards. Okay, State 900. It's going to be held all over, just like all the CBH State events are. Well, most of them. Um, so there you have it. Salinas Bowman is going to have the island shoot on September 12th. 28 targets, three arrows. Those kind of safari shoots are always fun. I have never shot at the Salinas Bowman event before. I would like to. I'm probably not going to get around to it this year. Um, my buddy Brandon Williamson, I think that's the club that he shoots at. So go check it out. If he's there, you can you know, run up to him and ask him questions. He's a pro. He shoots for Prime. He's got a bunch of sponsors on his jersey. Uh, you know. Run him down, ask him a bunch of questions, get his autograph. Uh, okay, and then that's on September 12th. So, you know, that might conflict with one of the state 900s, depending on where you shoot it. Might not. September will be over, and then October will roll around. I wrote down the 34th, which I don't think is a day in October. And, and 
honestly, truth be told, people, I haven't smoked weed in a long time. I've pretty much all but have given up weed so that I can be a nice, present, with it father. <clears throat> to those dads out there that smoke weed, hey, you know, I'm not knocking you. If you can do it, do it. I can't do it. I got to be, I got to be uh, on point like 24-7. Um, Diablo Bowman, sometime in October, I doubt it's October 34th. I just call it a hunch. Uh, but look it up. Diablo Bowman's having something called the Fall Harvest Shoot. It's going to be a 42 target, two arrow target. It's your standard safari zone. Diablo Bowman's course is really cool. There's a few challenging, like, steep, long-distance downhill. I mean, there's one long-distance downhill shot. They have another long-distance uphill shot. Um, that's about it as far as, like, outlandishly uh, challenging shots. They have a couple short. I think they have a short downhill and that's it. And by short, I mean, you know, like 20 yards or under. Long, 60 yards plus. So their course is not exceptionally challenging. I believe I've shot like a 918 on their course before. Uh, safari round. It wasn't the fall harvest shoot because this is a new shoot that they're putting on. Um, it has a tendency to be windy out there. So pick your shots. You know, don't... Don't... Uh, I mean, when the wind's blowing and people are holding a shot and then break one right in the middle of a strong gust of wind, it's like, dude, just put the shot down. What are you doing? Don't fight it. You can't fight nature. But uh, that's a good one. And if you're up there, I do believe October, I could be wrong, is the tarantula migration. So if you guys want to see like an ocean of tarantulas crawling down the mountain and climbing over all your cars and your gear and stuff, check it out. Tarantulas are harmless. They don't hurt people. I do believe they eat like small dogs and, uh, you know, things like that. But for us, we'll be fine. So that's what I got for you. Your, your dates are going to be July 31st to August 1st. Sometime in September will be the 900. September 12th, the Salinas Bowman Island shoot. October 30, we'll say 31st. Fall harvest shoot. Those are the next events. If it were me, those are the events I would be hitting and training for. Um, and then after that fall harvest shoot, I would set a boat for indoor. I would just start start getting your indoor setup ready because it's October. You'll have November, December, January, February. We have four months to prepare for Vegas after that. So, I mean, four months is a long time. Think about it, guys. That's 120 days. you got plenty of time to... You know, pull your hair out over indoor season. So, uh, I hope that uh, gives you guys something to listen to, something to chew on. I'm trying to think of, like, uh, a tagline, like what my tagline's going to be. I'm thinking it'll either be break it middle. Like, what's up, guys? Break it. Wendell Susie here, break it middle. Or it'll be keep it exy. <laughs> kind of like kind of like in the keep it exy thing. <laughs> kind of weird. It sounds a little, uh, you know, sexually deviant, but... It's archery only. It's basically just archery. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this one. It's another short podcast. I'm hoping I'll be able to crank out a second one for you guys this week. Uh, I'm, I'm going to interview either uh, a buddy of mine or we'll see. I, I try to just interview champions, but uh, other people out there got good wisdom. And they got good opinions about stuff that I, I, uh, I think it's worth it 
for everyone to hear. So I hope you all keep it exy and uh, be careful out there. Bill Cosby's lurking. He's free. <laughs>